welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. As you know, I have been doing a series of broadcasts on Beyond the Blessed Life, God's perfect plan to overcome all financial stresses. And I mean all financial stresses. The forward is by Dave Ramsey and is written by Dr. Robert Morris. And now we're going to enter into chapter 12, which is Hearses Don't Pull (laughs) U-Hauls. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Hearses Don't Pull U-Hauls. So basically, um, he starts off, he talks about, um, I don't know if anybody knows Paul Harvey, but he had a radio show, a two-minute radio show. And he said, that's the rest of the story. And he would basically take famous people or famous events and give the backstory behind it. And so um, this is kind of where he said that's the rest of the story. And he alludes to his first book, which was The Blessed Life. And basically, um, he gave the backstory on how... What basically inspired him um, with this, these remarkable um, vignettes and stories? And he had a he has a really good friend, and he said this is a true story. And in the blessed life, he basically talked about God spoke to his friend and said, "If you will increase your tithe to fifteen percent and offering, not the offering fifteen percent, but the tithe." To 50% and he had offerings as well He says I will double Your salary And he started off um, Working in construction At $37,500 So He obeyed God This was a directive from the Holy Spirit This was not some He didn't go to some seminar And somebody told him this No the Holy Spirit told him to do this And in obedience He did it and, uh, and guess what Hey, it doubled. His income doubled. Then um, he says, he says, if you go up to 25%, um, and then I'll double it again. And guess what? He obeyed God. He went up to 25%. And guess what? <laughs> 37000 to 75000 And he went from $75,000 to um, $150,000 a year. And then when he that was when he went up to twenty percent, and then when he went up to twenty five percent, he went up to three hundred thousand. And then when you know God said up your giving to thirty percent, huh? He went up to one point two million. So let's back this up a little bit. God comes to him saying, "Not I want you to be careful with this." God told him to do this, so don't you run and do this unless the Holy Spirit tells you to do this. But God told him to up his tithe from 10% to 15%. He would double his salary. So he went from $37,000 to $37,500 to $75,000. Then um, he went up to 20% and his income a year following that went up to $150,000, right? Then the next year, he upped his giving to 25% and his income rose to 300000 And what's incredible is that when he got went up to 30%, he, 
his income went up to 600000 And the year later, he upped it to 35%, and it got up to $1.2 million. And eventually, he sold his business in 2010. And he went full in full-time ministry, and he still gives up the 30 to 35%, right? Now, this is phenomenal. Now, that's the story that we got in The Blessed Life, because The Blessed Life, the first book talks about the first part, God blesses generous givers. But what he wanted to deal with in the Beyond the Blessed Life is that you have to be a good steward first. You have to live below your margins and you, in order to be a generous giver, because you don't want to be giving out of debt. You want to be giving out of surplus. In Beyond the Blessed Life, he tells the rest of the story. <laughs> So we heard all that and we all got excited, right? But the rest of the story, there were three things that God told him to increase his giving. We all heard that part. But also God told him to get out of debt and to increase his savings. So he basically increased his giving, but he also got out of debt and he increased his savings. So... How do you give all that kind of money get and also get out of debt and increase your savings? You just follow the Holy Spirit and it will happen, right? So I'm, I'm looking towards that too. I'm trying to increase my savings. I'm, I'm, I'm already a giver, but I want to increase my savings and I want to be totally debt free. So I got to work on that. I'm getting there. I'm getting closer and closer, but um, I want to be totally, totally what? Debt what? Free. Okay. So, so what happens? How did that happen? Well, you know, in the book, The Blessed Life, he didn't give his, his friend's name, um, his name, but now he's been given permission since he sold his business. His name is Steve Dublin, right? Steve Dublin, D U L I N. And Basically, the way he just followed his spirit, they had some investments that were bringing in, yielding about nine, nine, what, nine to 10 percent. And he had some student loans that were like three percent. So it really was kind of counterintuitive from a financial perspective to take something that's grossing you nine percent to wipe out debt of three percent. But he didn't question God's directive. God said, get out of what debt? If he had not followed the other two directives of getting out of debt and saving, I, I, he's really the third thing that happened, which was giving and his salary doubling and his money doubling up to $1.2 million would not have happened. You can't just obey part of God's directive. You've got to obey all of God's directives, right? So he took that, um, those investments that were grossing nine, nine, some percent, 10 percent. He wiped out the student debt and then he put the remainder on the mortgage. That's right, on the mortgage. And so eventually, when you obey God, good things are always waiting for you on the other side of obedience. And there were good things waiting for them. So what ended up happening? They paid off the mortgage. They had no debt at all. And when they bought their next house, they paid cash. 
Okay. So this is one of the powerful things. Hearses don't pull, are not pulled by, you know, there's no U-Haul behind a hearse, right? You're going in, you're going in the ground and you're done to the done done. Now, of course, asking for the body present with Christ Jesus, those of us who are born again. Okay. So of course he followed God's directives and that's how his, his income doubled, right? To the point that he ended up selling his construction company. So what do we get out of this? What we get out of this is God is directing us. That's, it's, this is one of the main reasons why I'm doing this, this study, this, this, this broadcast, this teaching, this Bible study teaching on Sundays. And it'll be this Sunday, um, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at All Nations Church, right off of Sherrill Road, across the street from Fun Station, around the corner from Chuck E. Cheese. You're welcome to join us where we're going to discuss this in detail. But the directive from the Lord is to get the body of Christ, get people of God ready for the the great wealth transfer. And there's going to be some major things happening financially and people need to be prepared, need to be out of what? Debt, right? Need to be out of what? Debt. You need to be saving and you need to be a giver. Okay, so, so everybody said, well, what's the secret sauce? The secret sauce to good stewardship is living way below your means. One of the things that Steve Dublin and his wife did was, and still most people will look at, well, their living expenses and see how they can shave off this and shave off that, cut this and cut that. No, they did it another way. They looked at how much debt they wanted to get rid of. You know how the, they need to do to get rid of the debt, um, and they looked at, you know, how much savings they need to put away, you know, to still, you know, and and they looked at following the directive of how much God wanted them to give in tithe and offerings. And this is gross, not net. Gross in, means that God is first, not the government. Now we're going to pay our taxes, but our tithe gross, not net. Okay. So if you want to be a high level steward, you know, high level stewardship, you want to be on that level, you got to live way below your margins. Um, you got to be a basic steward, follow the stewardship, stewardship principles. Um, and it wasn't, it's not just about giving more, but it's also about, um, that's just one third of God's instructions to him. It's always, always been intentional about getting out of debt and saving more. So that was three parts of that. Uh, he's pretty sure that he would not have seen the miracle of his salary doubling and doubling and doubling if he had not obeyed all three directives. We can't just obey what we want to obey and ignore the rest. God gave him three things to do and he went from there and he trusted God. And most people say, you're crazy to take an investment that you're making 9% to 10% on and wipe out a, me a meager 3% student loan. But that's not what God told him to do. God told him to get out of debt. So obedience to what God is saying is the operative principle, okay? So you got to hear God, you got to trust God, and you got to what? Obey God. And now Steve Dublin and his wife 
um, they have the blessed life. They live beyond the blessed life. And they are major high-dollar stewards. What do you mean by that, Dr. Davis? Well, high-dollar stewards are people that they live in the margins and God can, can trust them with the abundance because they won't be a reservoir of selfishness. They'll be a conduit of blessing. So God can can um, inv- get pour millions of dollars into in some individuals and they will go out and buy on the widows their home, pay off the mortgage on a widow's house. Or um, God may, may wants them to give money to a children's program or, you know, I like um, the open door ministry um, in Texas, Burlington, Texas, I think it is. And they actually rescue um, little babies, little children from um, the trafficking, sex trafficking industry. And they actually rescue them, um, put them in beautiful orphanages, pay for their education and raise them up. It's, it's horrific. Some of the conditions that they find some of these children in, um, thrown on garbage cans and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it is just awesome what, how God is using some men and women, um, that are sold out to the kingdom. That's the kind of things that you want to sow seed into, right? You want to sow seed into, I like movie, the movie industry. And, um, you know, the war room, that was a great, great movie. And, um, and shoot, I love to invest in things like that. And of course has high impact yield because it reaches millions and millions of people. But what I really find, um, interesting is like that first Timothy six, six says that how godliness with contentment gives us great what? Gain. Remember that? That was in an earlier what? Um, chapter that we did. And so it's, it's hard, um, to live in the secular world and, and, and follow the practices of this secular world and reap the godly righteous benefits. Because if you are interested in eternal things, then you're going to put your things into the most high impact thing you can, which are people, right? Um, helping people. So Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they take the same amount of materials with them, wealth in it into eternity as you and I will, right? That is precisely what this is about. And it's about what are you investing your life in? And if you are content, you put God as a priority, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then what? God will do deal with the all other things. Now, you, you can't get can't get it twisted and get into giving giving to get, right? That's why you have to listen to what? The Holy Spirit. You have to be what? Spirit led. So, so, um, faith, okay, faith is, is different from the world, you know, um, cause the world has the spirit of mammon, right? 
So the love of money is is the root of all kinds of evil. It is not money that is evil. It's the love of money that is evil. Okay. And that's what gets people to stray away from the faith. Okay. Um, and their greediness and their and um they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. That's why when you follow the spirit of mammon, first Timothy six, eight, ten becomes your destiny and your greediness, you pierce you pierce yourself with many sorrows. So so when you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then you're not pierced with many sorrows and you will have great gain because you are content. You're not comparing yourself to nobody else. You have a different destiny. Every one of us is unique and nobody else, right? Nobody else can take our place on this planet. We have a, we have a specific assignments. We have specific people that God has ordained for us to what? Walk in, right? You can't live beyond your means and think you're going to have the blessed life. You got to be diligent and be a good steward of what God has given you. And the better you're at stewardship, the, the better God can trust you with more to give to others. That was one of the powerful things that this chapter hit on again was contentment comes within. You. It is an attitude and a posture of the heart, right? There is one who pretends to be rich but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor but has great wealth. Proverbs thirteen seven, right? So it's about your heart and how you feel. So Sam Walton, let's talk about him, was one of the richest men in the world, but he drove a 1974 Ford F-150 pickup truck And the, up until the day he died Did you hear me? Sam Walton was one of the richest men in the world But he drove a 1979 Ford F-150 pickup truck Until the day he died If you had bumped into him in the, in the aisles of one of the Walmart stores You would have never had guessed that he was a billionaire Many times over Envy is a terrible destructive thing When you allow the toxins of envy To live in your soul You begin to resent others for what they have But something even more corrosive happens in your heart When you're an envious person You begin to want to be envied by others Millions of people spend money they don't have Not because they truly want or need things but simply in a carnal, a carnal quest to be the envy of others. In other words, to make other people feel bad about themselves. What a low and ugly motivation for living. So we need to make sure that we are focused on the kingdom of God. We are focused on the things of our father. Jesus, when he came, he said his meat was to do the will of his father. That's what he, that's what he lived for. Paul also mentions greediness and the passage of first Timothy. In fact, once again, he starts down the road of looking to things for happiness. You never actually arrive at the 
hope for the hope for destination. You always need more. Ecclesiastes 510. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, not to be who loves abundance with increase. The love of money is never satisfied. Paul said greed will cause you to stray from the faith and end up pierced through with many, many sorrows. Right? So we need to make sure that if we want to have the beyond the blessed life, that we are seeking first the kingdom of God, God's agenda will stay prayerful, put God first. We are content. We're not comparing ourselves to others. We follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit, but we, we know that the basic thing is to get out of debt, save and give, right? Get out of debt, save and give. So Holy Spirit will give you directives on how you can do this. And, um, so that's one of the powerful um, lessons in Beyond the Blessed Life. Um, a hearse does not carry a U-Haul. My uncle, uh, <laughs> Uncle J.D., one of my favorite uncles, he's on, gone on to be with the Lord now. But he had a saying, he says, we'll all break even at the graveyard. I never forget him saying that. Edith, we all will break even at the graveyard. <laughs> Meaning... It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or or this and that. In the end, we all have our final destination. I plan on going up in the rapture myself. Um, but, and, but I do believe, like my uncle JD said, we all break even at the graveyard. So where do you want to store up your treasures, right? You want to store up your treasures in eternity. So you do that by, Listening to the Lord God, Daddy God, Yuevahe, Lord God, Yahshua, Mashiach, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Ruha, Kadash, Holy Spirit, and get their guidance on how you're going to distribute the resources and the wealth that God has given us. I never forget I had a, a dream. It was very short, but it was very sobering because um, I had a dream about the 10 Wise, the 10 virgins, right? With the oil lamps. I don't know if you heard this parable before, but there are 10 virgins and five of them, um, well, all of them were waiting for the bridegroom, which was Christ Jesus to go to the wedding feast. These were all bridesmaids to the bride. So they were all like, you know, preparing, getting ready. And of course, the bridegroom didn't come as they as early as they thought and they all 10 of them went to sleep so one like five of them stayed up no all 10 got weary and went to sleep but the interesting thing five of the bridesmaids brought extra what oil brought extra oil and five of them did not and like i said i had a dream about this they said the bridegroom is coming he's coming so they're getting their lamps ready and the five um, bridesmaids that didn't have the extra oil asked the, the five bridesmaids who didn't have oil to give them some of their oil. And they said, no, we can't do that because we might be, we will be out of oil like you. So you need to go into town and buy some. So the five bridesmaids went into town to get some more oil 
And in the t- and the time when they went to get the oil for their lamps, the bridegroom came. The five bride bridesmaids that had the extra oil were able to enter into the wedding feast, and they shut the door. And so when the other five bridesmaids got back, they were pounding on the door, but it was no admission. And the dream was, I was one of those bridesmaids that was pounding on the door that didn't have enough oil. So that really sobered me up. And I said, I got to step it up. Uh, you know, I got to get up, get, be about my father's business. So, and then I had a, another dream a few years before that about Ziglag. Now that dream didn't really scare me that much, but that dream about Ziglag meant, you know, you know, you know, this story, um, King David, well, he wasn't, he was anointed king by Samuel, but he had not, I mean, Saul was still king, you know, even though the Holy Spirit had left him and was resting on King David now. And he had been raising, you know, he was trying to escape Saul and trying to, um, you know, make it. And he, and these men, this band of men came. These men were destitute and dead. And, you know, they had a pretty jacked up life. And they came to David and they became mighty men of God. You know, then God turned their whole lives around because the anointing that flowed on David flowed down on these mighty men. But anyway, um, just before his first rise to becoming the king of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, he, uh, King David, him and his men came back to their city where their wives and their children were. And the Amalekites had come in and had ravaged. The good news was they didn't kill anybody, but they took all their possessions. They took their wives. They took their children um, and, you know, and burnt the city down. So when the men got there, they were exhausted. They had been fighting. And they were just wretched. They were crying for their children and their wives. And they, of course, was turning on David. They were talking about stoning David. And so, and David was also bereaved. His wife, his wives, and I don't know if he had any children yet, but his wives, Abigail and his other wives had been taken. So he had to encourage himself in the Lord. And in encouraging himself in the Lord, um, he asked for the epoch. So David was really the first king that walked in kingship, prophet, and priest. Because the epoch was specifically for the priest. And he asked God, should we, what should we do? And God told him, well, you should pursue, overtaking you will recover all. But anyway, that city that, that they lived in was called Ziglag. And so I had a dream about Ziglag. And I meant, that meant I'm getting close to, cause soon after they, um, Recovered all. There was a, one of the slaves that got sick. They left him behind. He was able to tell David how, which direction they went. And so they went after them and they, they caught the Amalekites by surprise, killed them, got everything back, got their children, got all the, as you call booty, all the treasures that they had taken from other cities as well, as well as Ziglag. And they got it all back. And so soon after that, uh, David was crowned king. Of, I think it was Judah and on um, the southern kingdom. And then a few years later, he was crowned king of Israel. So he was king of, um, all of Israel, right? So that is a very, um, 
powerful story, and I'm glad I shared that with you guys. So what you want to get out of this, though, is we need to what? We need to listen for God. We need to trust God, and we need to do exactly what God says. And on the other side of obedience, on the other side of obedience is great reward. So it's not just that his salary doubled because he gave, gave as God instructed in his tithe and offering, but he also, what, got out of debt and saved. And in the end, was able to buy a house out of total cash, right? So please, once again, I, I want to... um Invite you all to in, to join us at All Nations Church, um, and at nine a.m. is from nine a.m. to ten a.m. in the chapel of All Nations Church, off of Share Road, um, across the street from Fun Station, around the corner from Chuck E. Cheese, and I would like to invite you to um, join us, and I would also like um like for you guys to make sure that you join us on September the 3rd for our 46th prayer walk. And um, like I said before, the prayer walk is something we've been doing now for a while and it's not a long walk. It's very short and brisk, but we pray for the churches of Tallahassee. We pray for Tallahassee and the leadership, the people. We pray for the state of Florida. We pray for all the states of the United States of America. We pray for all the nations, the nations of the world. And since we've been doing the prayer walk, we've seen the crime, the crime rate drop, drop tremendously. So God is, um, He is very, um, He loves faithfulness. He loves people who are diligent. And so, please join us on September the 3rd for our 46th prayer walk. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Dr. Edith Davis. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be. Pray.